This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, May 2nd, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. The economic collapse and authoritarian lurch in Venezuela has been a humanitarian disaster for some time, but it's not clear that anything will improve now or in the near future. Ian Vasquez, director of the Cato Institute Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity, comments. The situation in Venezuela seems to be one of same situation, different day, a little worse, uh, just as time goes by. But what is the what is the situation there now? Well, I mean, Venezuela is proving to be a country that just when you think things can't get any worse, it does. I mean, even before this year, and the situation is dire, the situation in Venezuela was was in crisis. I mean, their political, economic, social crisis. They had the world's highest inflation rate, uh, scarcities of all sorts of of goods, uh, violations of economic, political, and civil liberties. The government long ago turned authoritarian. And this year, it's just gotten worse. Uh, There's there's scarcity of electricity now to such a degree that its blackouts are are common and frequent throughout the, the country. The government has decreed that uh, public sector workers, which make up about 30 percent of the workforce, should only work two days out of the week in order to save electricity. Uh, Schools are closing early as a result. There's riots and looting across the country. Uh, There's a humanitarian crisis. The pharmaceutical industry has found that about 80 percent of medicines are scarce there. You can't find them. So people are dying of easily preventable uh, diseases or ailments, babies are dying, and, and so on. Medical equipment doesn't work. The situation is uh, is is quite dire, and inflation is getting worse. It's expected to be over seven hundred percent this year. The growth rate is for a third year in a row a negative growth rate. It's going to be negative eight percent this year. Uh, so things are just continuing uh, to deteriorate. A year ago, uh, we were hearing that there were shortages of things like toilet paper, uh, condoms. Uh, we, now we're hearing about you know a radical lack of food, uh, beer, basic consumer goods that uh, people want to live normal lives. What parallels are there between Venezuela and some other country? You say keep saying that it can't get worse, but when uh, things like this appear to hit rock bottom, as you say, uh, we never really know where rock bottom is. We never really do, uh, and uh, the, the, the scarcities there, are, pe- people are lining up for hours to find empty, empty shelves at, at stores, uh, or in the hopes that something uh, will be available there. And the government has run out of money, even though it has received over the past 15 years about a trillion dollars worth of of uh, oil revenues. Nobody knows where that money uh, went. This is very similar to Zimbabwe uh, as it headed for hyperinflation. Just a few months ago, the Venezuelan government had about 36 uh, 747 cargo planes fly in currency that it had printed in order to, to pay for uh, goods and so on. But it's running out of money and, and uh, businesses are closing and it can't pay for imports anymore. It's gotten so bad that it's run out of money to pay for more money. 
and so this is very similar to what happened in Zimbabwe maybe about 15 years ago as it headed to, uh, for hyperinflation and eventually dollarized because everybody was using the dollar and the government was finally forced to accept that as the currency. And I think that's probably what's going to happen in Venezuela. But in Zimbabwe, Robert Mugabe was then the head of the government. And where is he now? He's still in charge, and that just shows you the power of authoritarian regimes once they get enough control. And unfortunately, uh, one of the things that has happened under Venezuela is that the Cuban regime has exerted a lot of influence, and it has a lot of experience on clinging on, even in the worst of uh, situations. And I'm afraid that the Chavez uh, regime, which is now headed by President Maduro, has enough control to possibly be able to hang on. Just uh, this week, the opposition movement presented two million signatures in order to uh, have a recall of his presidency. But of course, he controls the Supreme Court. And so everything that the opposition movement has done through the Congress has been stopped by a completely docile Supreme Court since 2004. The Supreme Court has seen tens of thousands of cases, not once has it ruled against the government. More broadly, though, we've seen with the end of the commodities boom that has sort of fueled the uh, distribution or the spread of this 21st century socialism, that boom ended. Venezuela's story is not all that unique. It's particularly pronounced in terms of the scarcities for basic consumer goods and the things that people need to live. But that this is a much bigger story for Latin America. Well, yeah, we've seen this movie before where a populist uh, regime comes in on the, on the back of a uh, uh, boom time, spends a lot of money until it runs out and until the prices go down, and then uh, it's crisis time. In, in the country, it's, except that Venezuela's case is, is exceptional because of the amount of revenues that it spent, how mismanaged it was, and uh, how dire the situation has been there. They have been much more authoritarian than any of the other populist governments in the region. And if there's a silver lining to all of this is that the rest of Latin America has paid attention, and it's not an attractive alternative like it could have uh, been perceived to be maybe seven to ten years ago. It's clearly not something that people in Latin America want to imitate. And in fact, in places like Argentina and elsewhere, populism is being rejected. The left is really going through a, a, a crisis. The last election in Latin America, which was in Peru a few weeks ago, 70% of the population rejected the, the leftist alternative. And that's a pretty good expression of, of the feeling in Latin America right now. You said you don't want to make any predictions because, no, as you may have predicted about uh, Robert Mugabe uh, 15 years ago, uh, he's still there. So what would have to happen for this, the regime currently there to come to an end? Any number of things could happen in Venezuela. The opposition could, uh, because of the widespread unpopularity of the regime, uh, somehow uh, take over and be, uh, be elected there in subsequent uh, elections. I think that's a possibility. In the meantime, there's, uh, the crisis is just going to get worse. 
Another possibility is that uh, Maduro is overthrown by his own people. He's not even very popular within the, the regime. The problem is that the situation is so bad, it's not clear who wants to step in and take over. And it's not clear who has enough authority over the, the various parts of Venezuelan government, the military, and other parts, uh, and Venezuelan society who could actually have enough control to uh, make a difference. So maybe the next thing that we'll see is the military ousting Maduro and you have an explicit military dictatorship. Or maybe Maduro stays on for, for a while. Or maybe somebody else from the Chavista regime stays on. Uh, maybe there's dollarization and uh, the rollback of some bad policies, but you keep a lot of the uh, a lot of or most of uh, bad policies as has happened in Zimbabwe. It's really unpredictable. I talked with uh, Gabriela Calderon about uh, dollarization in Ecuador, and and that seems to exert some discipline on the government, when it, especially when it comes to monetary policy. The difference between Ecuador and Venezuela is, is big, even though Ecuador has a, a, a populist government. It started out with dollarization, so it was always limited in what it, it could do. Venezuela's case is different. It, it would be imposing, if it did choose that route, dollarization after it made all these huge mistakes, and there's no way to avoid the pain that that uh, results in. Ian Vasquez is the director of the Cato Institute's Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity. This month, the Cato Institute's daily podcast marks its 10th anniversary. Subscribe and share at cato.org slash podcast.